Hey Red Wings fans, as you guys know, there is nothing like the great sport of hockey. You've got that fast tempo, you've got guys putting up the fisticuffs, got these highlight reel plays. How many more lacrosse goals are we going to see for the rest of the season? This is incredible. But for some of us hockey fans out there, it does get pretty tough. We got to search for some excitement. I'm talking about us Red Wings fans. Where are we going to find some excitement? Well, I can help you with that because I'm going to give you a source here. It's mybookie.ag. Put a little money down on these Red Wings games and let's make them a little bit more interesting. Now, mybookie.ag isn't just that site where you're going to be putting down your money. This site's going to help you with understanding every team and every game so then you get to take that knowledge and turn it into some cash nobody gives you more ways to win than mybookie.ag mybookie has the best payouts better odds than any other sports book i am telling you right now the brothers of discussion putting their stamp on it they trust mybookie.ag you can risk a little you can risk a lot and right now as red wings fans Maybe we want to make these games just that much more interesting, so we're going to drop down a little extra dough. But with Christmas around the corner, there's daily gifts that you can keep an eye on. You've got free plays, free spins, some uh, early Christmas presents coming your way as long as you go to mybookie.ag. Now, if you join mybookie right now, you will have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $100, you're going to receive $50 to play with for free. We'll play this game one more time. If you put down $200, guess what you're getting? That's right, $100 to play with. You can turn that money into whatever you want. You've just got to use the promo code THPN. That is in reference to the Hockey Podcast Network. Use the code THPN and activate your account, and you're going to be able to get this half of your deposit put right into your account from day one visit mybookie.ag today you play you win and you get paid everybody and welcome to episode 39 of the discussion five brought to you by the hockey podcast network and the brothers of discussion we're here to talk detroit red wings and the five most pressing matters for those sad saps but today happy saps uh detroit red wings we're coming to you every monday and thursday morning and we're coming to you now Right after uh, the Detroit Red Wings take down the mighty Boston Bruins, uh, we are happy to report uh, on this game today. It was, it was something where I thought it would be fun uh, to at least do something, <laughs> I, I guess, after this game so we weren't recording an entire episode going, uh, but, you know, we probably are going to lose to Boston, and uh, now we don't have to say that because we're recording after, and uh, we get to talk about how much fun it is. Uh, to watch Jonathan Bernier uh, <laughs> play goalie for the Red Wings. All right. I'm uh, Matthew Klink. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ClinkMatt. You can find uh, my brother, who we'll hear from in a moment, at Michael underscore Klink. And the entire show at B-O-D Hockey. Uh, we also hope that if you're a pro wrestling fan, you will check out the Brothers of Discussion uh, at B-O-D Podcast on Twitter, B-O-D Podcast.com, Brothers of Discussion.com brothers of discussion on facebook and brothers underscore of underscore discussion on instagram uh we're also here thanks to the hockey podcast network every team everywhere that is 
found at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com and at hockeypodnet, bringing you, again, shows across the NHL. There is a show for every NHL team, so if you are a fan of any sort, you will find somebody to listen to. They're also home to Tales with TR, a hockey podcast about Montreal Canadiens' first-round draft pick, Terry Ryan, talking about hockey and uh, various subjects. Uh, you can find Terry Ryan at TerryRyan20, his producer, Mike Hickey, at Hickey, Mike. And that show drops uh, Tuesdays. Also, Ice Analytics <laughs> Podcast, a very fun episode uh, this past Friday. Highly recommend listening to it. That also drops uh, once a week, and again, that is on Fridays. Find everything at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com and hockeypodnet. Uh, Mike, last last drop here. Uh, NHL shop, we are still running. Uh, if you go to the link that we have posted on our Twitter account, click on that link, which is nhlshop.775j.net slash Z, capital K, A-M-M. <laughs> uh, click on that link to support the show. And for us to support you, use code NHLFS39 to get up to 65% off your next NHL shop purchase. So that is the NHL shop code NHLFS39 uh, to get seven, up to 65% off your next purchase. And uh, if you go to the link on uh, either our Twitter account or go to at HockeyPodNet um, and you will find uh, the link that you can help support the network and the show mike when we spoke last i was setting up this week uh actually it was so the episode released thursday morning and what we had was buffalo thursday blue jackets friday boston sunday a murderer's row exactly and i was discussing with you uh power rankings guru kind of like this was the point where it was like all right the season doesn't get any easier from like this that thursday so it was like, this is as hard as it gets for any NHL team. And um, I predicted an 0-3 weekend. I said, well, hold on tight, because here we go. Uh, and I said, there's definitely no way we're beating Boston. And I think that is the best way to transition, Mike, into the 3-1 to shellacking uh, we Boom. delivered to the Boston Bruins. Sheer uh, domination. <laughs> sell five five on that one it just it sounded like you were doing ddp so i wanted to self high five all right uh back to the world of nhl uh mike the thing was and i i want i want to give you uh i'm gonna list the stats and then i want you to play the eyeball test that you and i were both watching today uh we lose the corsi battle 60 40 we lose the expected goals four percentage battle 60 40 uh and again that that expected goals for is measuring the quality of shots and the shots and it's giving a quality score to say here's what the score should have been for this game so you have an expected goals for for your team and the goals that you should be giving up and this is how it weighed out was 60 40 for boston uh so the amount of goals that should have been scored in the game if there were 10 goals it would have been six to four uh that's a whole nother discussion but it actually should have been like 1.5 to 1 uh but anyway moving forward uh i just mike i mean those are those are the statistics and i i just i i 
I think we both saw the exact same thing, but I, I like I like where you wanted to go with it, there's, or at least what uh, what you see. There's some, yeah. I mean, you have some real uh, some numbers there, Matt. But I think if you were just watching this game, uh, like like I do, I, I didn't pull up the stats. I was just astounded to learn that we were not on the penalty kill for the last 15 minutes of play in that right. period. <laughs> um, Boston, I, I don't know if the puck ever really left our zone. Um, Unless there was like a bad Boston play, their their players looked larger than ours. They looked faster. They looked like there was nine, ten, eleven of them on the ice at all times. Um, and I'm I don't even I don't even think that Bernier necessarily stood on his head. It just seemed like there were just a couple Boston misfires um, on some wide open nets, um, and just by the the grace of I don't know the hockey gods, we we managed to get by and win this game at. No, um, I, I we, we get to we get a little taste here of Lindstrom with the N. Um, he he had a couple four checks, but uh, it definitely looked like a mismatch. Uh, Boston looked like the greatest team of all time. Uh, we looked like we really dug our heels in, and we were not going to move from our defensive zone. Um, I think that whole period would we have two breaks, uh, just like Larkin getting a like a miscue into a, a, a breakaway, but. My God, somehow, somehow, Matt, you know, Bernier, you know, the pucks that did get through, he, he, you know, he had eyes like an owl. That's how he defends the goal. He's like an owl. His head's got to spin around almost 360 degrees, and I, I don't know how he sees some of them that got through. And he, he faced 40 shots. Um, Matt, it felt like the beaches of Normandy. That's how many shots Bernier looked like he was fighting against. <laughs> Um, there were just strewn Red Wing defenders left and right buried in the ice. Uh, it looked like a hailfire of, you know, machine guns and bazookas. And somehow Bernier came up smelling like roses. I, I don't know how we only gave up one goal. Incredible. Yeah, and I'll say uh, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, the first period, definitely, it was Bernier all the way. Like, that could have gotten really ugly. And that that's how you... That's how you lose the expected goals in the Corsi game and still win three to one was Bernier in that first period. And that that was kind of like what we've seen in the uh, I guess throughout the, the entire season are these huge periods for one team. And if I guess what we're saying is as long as our goaltender and net can <laughs> can have the period of his life and make sure yeah. nothing goes in, we could possibly get past that period where we get absolutely blown out. And uh, that that's that's kind of what I think happened in the first period, and and in no way, in no way, Mike did <laughs> did we like control the second and third period. But I think you're right, where it it kind of like Bernier's uh, goaltending performance was, uh, I I just it was elite in the first period. It was MVP, um, and and we're not taking anything away from Bernier. But yeah, like Boston definitely just wasn't, uh, they weren't all together. And and there was even an instance too where uh, Trevor Daly stopped uh, an empty net attempt uh, by by not just like getting hit by the puck, Mike. He actually played a guy. He, yeah. he put his stick down, moved his, moved his opponent's stick back and had a good defensive play. So it's like, it's those kind of things where Trevor Daly accidentally has a good defensive, um, I don't know. Just positioning. Usually, we see him standing in the corner, waiting for his shift to end. He's kind of 
up against the glass looking at his watch you know he's, he doesn't even have one he's just pretending at this point he just does like the phantom i'm gonna see how much longer i have to be out here but no trevor daly was in position his stick was down to stop his, his opponent that's the kind of thing mike that's that's how the red wings actually win a game they need those types of things to happen where trevor daly <laughs> uh beyond what god's plan was for trevor daly he he goes against it um yeah. but yeah that that was that was sort of the story of the second and third period for me but um I, I just a, go ahead. The one thing, the one positive I'd really say is that um, Boston really, really pressed for about fifteen minutes in that third period. Um, oh yeah. The one thing I what I said. Oh yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say yeah. They they pressed really really hard, and the one thing that did impress me is that I think in an NHL game, sometimes you, you are able to sustain defensively, like, you know, for like, you know, five, maybe a couple shifts, you know? Yeah. Um, but it didn't feel like as they were looking at the clock dwindle down that they collapsed. Like it still felt like they were being physically overmatched by a, a more highly skilled and literally physically larger team than them. Uh, uh, but they still maintain that, you know, like baby brother, you know, waving his arms in your face, like, like still trying to swat you away like a bunch of nets. Like it still looked like they were trying to do that. So yeah. at least in that regard, I thought it was kind of impressive. And I, I think too, we were, uh, when we were going up and we'll talk about uh, the rest of the Buffalo game in a second, but when we were playing Buffalo and, and uh, you actually listened to the announcers talking about that game um, for, for Buffalo. I mean, uh, you, you actually hear them talk about you, you don't, you can't let the Red Wings come into a game against your team like you can't you can't lose those two points every every team has the red wings come in and and you take two points for them that's just that's just how it's worked this season and uh that that to me was hilarious when i heard it uh and of course that was in the losing effort uh for buffalo again we'll get to in a second but uh i think that's like boston's in the third period uh especially when they're down two to one what do you do? How do you how do you look at yourself in the mirror? This is this was the easiest two points they were going to get, uh, except for when we go up against Boston again in another, uh, I think maybe in another week. Um, yeah, it's Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so this was these are supposed to be the easiest four points they have the rest of the season, and damn it all to hell, Bernier's <laughs> stopping thirty nine of forty shots. Uh, they are dominating. Uh, if we go back to the expected goals numbers. Uh, the shot attempt numbers, they have the puck the entire game. Uh, it's just, what do you, you know, what do you do? And I, and I think you and I remember uh, when we were growing up watching Red Wings games where we were the number one team in the league and we would face the shitholes of the league uh-huh. and we, we would press that hard. And I think I think that is when you start gripping your stick a little tighter. Um, I, I like what you're saying that they still look like a strong team, but going back to the point that, they they just seem to like the it's like the puck stopped uh stopped going the direction that they needed them to go the the deflections were going in the wrong way uh passes were just sort of missing guys and uh you know those cross ice passes that have been killing the red wings uh all season just seemed to barely hit a red wing stick and maybe it meant you know maybe an extra five shots would have hit bernier if those passes had connected and maybe one more gets through bernier 
and yeah. we're not talking about an empty net goal at the end of the game for Athanasiu. But, you know, those those five times that uh, the Red Wings stopped cross-ice passes, I, I that's it, right? That's that's the difference right there. And and you got to figure it's it's just one of those maybe a hesitation like am I going to go for this play or should I fire it at the puck myself? And I I do think that that actually is the mental game. And I I bring in a lot of stats, but I always say, uh, if you're only looking at analytics and you're not looking for a narrative to define those analytics, you're doing half the job, maybe even less than half, uh, because anybody can look at a number. But um, yeah, go in the mind of, of the Boston Bruins and like, how would that not tear you up inside? Just going like, "Oh my God, this is the goddamn Red Wings." There's we're on we're on national TV right now. My parents are watching right now, and we're about to go down. <laughs> um, um, well, go ahead. Else, I, no, the other thing I was going to add is like just kind of staying on this theme of um, uh, like that little brother mentality where it just seems like we're not quite as you know big and skilled, but we still put fight out there. Yeah, I think it's just encouraging because then you can kind of be like, well, if you just at least maintain this effort, you know, and then you're adding Mantha on Tuesday, you know, Zadina eventually, you know, Valeno has been looking better in the minors and maybe a Lafreniere in the offseason. You know, it's it's not hopeless. It's a it's a you know, we still got to be patient and, you know, wait out three more months of this year, um, you know, get to that draft. But. This at least is one of those games where, where I felt like Blaschel is severely overmatched and he still found a way to kind of buckle down and just, you know, yeah. hold, hold. <laughs> and by God, only one goal got through. So there's there's a little hope. I, th- I think one thing in defense of the Boston Bruins too, and it, it was brought up about mid-game that Halak was actually supposed to start and Tuca went in, so this is supposed to be an off night for Tuca. And when when you're kind of playing those numbers and you're like, how do we get destroyed in possession? We get destroyed in like the high danger scoring chances and we still come out and we win three to one. Um, by the way, I, I always want to know, like, is, is it, are they actually calculating just the space, or if it's like an empty net goal, do we just completely cross off a high danger scoring change? Because Athanasiu went right down the middle there, and he <laughs> threw that one in the net. But anyway, I'm sorry, I digress. Um, yeah, that I mean that that's got to be part of the the uh, the narrative that goes into this too. Uh, if if Halak plays, if they go according to schedule, uh, does does this game turn out differently? Is are are we not getting a Rask who's Who's turning in not all, not terrible numbers for this game, uh, but again, there's just coming in with the expectation that this was an off night, and instead, you know, this is what he has to put up with. Not a lot of shots being thrown uh, at Tuukka Rask, just because that's how the Red Wings roll. But uh, you know, just that's that would be the long and short of it. You're still a human being. You're playing on your your off night that was or your off day it was supposed to be. And yeah. uh, instead, you have a shorter amount of time between games, and and here we are, and and a couple of goals, then an empty netter. That's obviously not Rask's fault, but those couple of goals give the Red Wings the lead, where the expected goals number suggested we should have had less. So there, I mean, that's that could be it right there. You got a guy that should have been off. Um, all right, Mike. Any final thoughts? Oh, wait. Uh, also, I want to throw out there, Bertuzzi was the second star, which obviously Bernier should be number one. I, I honestly would have thrown Larkin in there. He was all over the ice. Uh, that 
that power play goal uh, for Athanasiu, I honestly, all starts with Larkin doing that pass. Bertuzzi had to get the neck. You know, like, he had to do the ricochet. He had to do the domino effect over to Athanasiu. Athanasiu, um, if I could, awesome to see two goals going up as we keep discussing, like, how are we going to get rid of him? Um, fantastic. Love seeing those two goals going up. But yeah, I, I, I just, Larkin looked like he was going to put a couple in in the first period. He looked like he was going to put in another in the third, and then he gets the nice, easy uh, layup there for Athanasio at the end of the game. Just yeah. for me, top to bottom, Larkin was my number two star, and I think that's that's funny way to put it. Obviously, Bernier's number one, but um, I just, I, I think, I don't know if it's one of those games where you go, well, we can't make Larkin, you know the highlight forward every game Bertuzzi played pretty good give it to him right. uh I still if you watch that game you had to have seen Larkin again running up and down the ice uh almost putting some in uh, I I really liked uh Mike he had he kind of tried to do the Pavel Datsuk shootout goal where he tried to flip it over Rask uh uh-huh. kind of do a slow motion I don't know if that's what he was trying to do uh, but damn, that would have been awesome if it worked. And, uh, and then the other Rask actually had an amazing save in the first period where Larkin just got set up and he's standing in front of the net, uh, almost, you know, back straight up, uh, kind of thing. Like not, not as hunched over as you would expect to see a professional hockey player. And, um, Rask just barely tips this, this shot away. But yeah, I mean, those are the difference for me where I'm looking at Larkin's game, and I'm going, God damn, this guy played a great game. He was always in the right position, yeah. throwing the puck around on no-look passes. And, um, you know, you could you could look at that and go, shit, we almost had <laughs> two goals and two assists for Larkin. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I uh, I was just... Uh, I really liked the, the commentators there. Was it Emmerich and... Was it McGuire? Uh, no. Uh, no, not Pierre. Who's uh, helping out Emmerich tonight? Was one it Ultra? The... What? Was it Ultra? No, it's one of the doofs that's usually in uh, the period breaks. I, I honestly, yeah, they, I uh... couldn't remember his name right now. No, they just they put a pretty good highlight clip together of uh, Uncle Bert, and they're talking about how he. Uh, obviously, we don't have tons of skill players, so we need him to you know display every single skill that he has at every single second that he's on the ice for every ship. Yeah, uh, but they also talked about. Um, how he was playing uh, gritty, and they said that Blashville wants him to be like sandpaper out there, just kind of rubbing on people, you know, rubbing them, get them all, you know, rubbed up. You know, I don't know what that was all about, but when they showed the the clips, it, it made sense because he's you know out there bumping into people on the forecheck, um, seeing our being one of our, our few big bodies. I would have assumed that that meant they wanted to see Bertuzzi run around with a big old belly, crazy eyes, orange hair. That I mean, that's where my head goes now for gritty. I can't even hear the word gritty anymore without thinking of said gritty. Um, <laughs> so, I, Mike, what I wanted to do was the next two games was, uh, or I, we'll, we'll back up is what I should say. Uh, we beat Buffalo, poor Buffalo, just already in shambles, the team. And you kind of, if you were a Buffalo fan, you probably looked at this game and said, all right, we can we can get back on track. We've got the Red Wings coming in. Let's get, yeah, let's get back on track. Yeah, baby. Let's <laughs> play these Red Wings. Um, and this this was the stat that just blew my mind. Because um, w- when you're, what are you doing? Uh, you, you, can't, you can't look for the stat that you want. You can't create one. But you obviously can go back and just look at what the analytics were and then go holy shit what the f- what the fuck happened um 
Mike, we win, we win this game. We win it in a shootout. Our expected goals for percentage was 18%. Going back to that example, if there were 10 goals scored in the game, Mike, we would have lost 8-2. <laughs> if you look at the heat map from this game, which is, again, I, I want to give a quick shout-out to the Ice Analytics podcast. They gave me um, an example of a site, and, <laughs> yeah, damn me right now. I can't remember the name of it. I used Natural Stat Trick today to get all the expected goals for numbers, but... Um, the heat maps uh, can be found in a few different places. One of the ones I looked at today, Mike, was Hockey Reference. If you look at... So, go back to, like, the expected goals description. It's it's quality shot and number of shots, and it's all put together, and that's what, you know, here's how you generate what a, what the score should be. So, we should have lost 8-2, to two, right? Yeah. Every shot, if you look at this heat map, is from right between the circles. I mean, even when you're down low. Every, there was nothing coming from the outside. It, it was like a perfectly set up game for Buffalo to absolutely destroy us. I, <laughs> it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen on a, on a shot chart or a heat map. Um, it's just this line of a jumble of shots starting from the blue line going towards the net. And that's where all of Buffalo shots were. And going back to like, I made the point Bernier had a 906 save percentage for that game. That had to be the most difficult game for a goaltender to play in. And I, I when I come back to saying, like, put Bernier up for the goddamn Hart Trophy, <laughs> this is it. When you see the expected goals numbers, we're supposed to get destroyed. Age of two, and Bernier walks away giving up three goals. And he goes through overtime. Only three goals. That guy, I if we don't get... There, there's got to be a team out there. I know I struggled the last couple of game, uh, episodes trying to figure out, like, where is he going to go? Toronto yeah. just traded for a goalie, so that's gone. I I just... This guy's playing his nuts off. I If if anybody's getting a contract extension next year, I, I'd at least beg Bernier to, you know, come on. We'll, we'll pay you double what anybody else is going to pay you. We'll make you a starter. Everybody else is going to make you a backup. Stick around. One more year. You can do it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that is crazy to me, and we still won that game. And and I, I just went one more game here, Mike. Um, Jimmy is in net for the next one, but same exact story. Uh, same exact story, like the expected goals percentage, the Corsi percentages, uh, just we get we get destroyed again. Uh, it's just, I just – Yeah, what else yeah. does Bernie have to do to increase his value, honestly, at this point? I mean – his resume for the off season when he's in the negotiating room, I would just show that third period against Boston. Uh, yeah, right. I, you, he's rarely had a game where you're just like, man, we were playing awesome, and that Bernier just uh, let us down. That 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 hasn't happened, I think, all year. Um, he's <laughs> he's been the one consistent outside of our losing. He's been the one consistently. I say one consistently good thing about this team every single time he's played. Um, every win feels like a miracle. Um, every time he, he faces these shots, he just never seems like he's out of position. It just seems like sometimes he's just abandoned or left out to dry by the defenseman. Uh, it's, it's almost like I, I don't want him to be sharing this because the Red Wings will need a goalie. Uh, I, I know that there's some prospects that are out 
on their way up, but it, it doesn't look like they're ready to play next season. Nope. Um, so we're <laughs> going to need Bernier really badly here um, as we kind of integrate, you know, the Lindstroms and, you know, hopefully the Ciders here as we get towards the end of the year. Yeah, and um, I, I, I shouldn't be in such a rush to trade Bernier, but Mike, here's here's one more stat, and this is one I forgot to write down. This is this is the high danger scoring chances chances. So this is this is something like when you look at goaltender percentages, it's like this is in the seven hundreds and lower for like what is a goaltender's expected save percentage in in these high danger scoring chance uh, situations, right? Uh, and then it goes up to like eighty ninety for the medium danger, and then uh, you know ninety and up for the low danger. So this is high danger, Mike. We got destroyed. Okay. <laughs> let me let me let me do this. Alright. Twenty-nine eight is so thirty-seven high danger scoring chances for our opponent, Mike. Thirty-seven. This is the last three games. Remember I said we were supposed to get destroyed the last three games. Thirty-seven. And I'm kind of hesitating here because I'm having a tough tough time adding up to seven right now. Thirty-seven to seven. <laughs> In the last three games is the high danger scoring chances against us compared to our own high danger scoring chances. So our goaltending, no matter what, gets zero help. Uh, we, we lose the possession battle. We talked about uh, the the goals, uh, the expected goals for and goals against uh, and how bad we lose those battles. But also just getting in there and getting the, the again, the high danger scoring chances. Those are the ones uh, you're measuring it by distance from the net. Mike, is it a rebound? You know, what? Where? Where is this shot coming from in regards to um, time of the? Uh, 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 I'm sorry, uh, frequency between shots is where I was trying to come from, and we just we get destroyed. I'm telling you, Mike, Bernier should not only be up, and and this is this is our final point for Bernier. He, she, she shouldn't only be traded. Like there should be so many teams that want to get a taste of Bernier right now. But I, I will I will die on this hill. Mike, if we're going to talk about like the last few seasons that Connor McDavid, even not making it to the playoffs, should have been the MVP, then God damn it all to hell, Bernier is having one of the most underrated, just because his save percentage is lower, just because he's at 908 right now, I say he's having one of the most difficult seasons any goaltender's ever played in, and he's still visibly... Like, you still see it. You're like, nope, eyeball test. That guy's the best guy on the ice right now. And it's no question. I just, I know it'll never happen, but put Bernier in the Vesna and Hart Trophy conversation. If the analytics, I'll say yes. I, I can't I can't do anything else, Mike. But, uh, Mike, you can do one more thing. Um, you ready to play your game? Matt, I am always ready to play Who's That Pokemon. But Yay! we have a very special edition today. Uh, Matt? I hope you're buckled in. Is this post-game? Well, could be. Oh, Matt, man. This is a, a very special edition of Who's That Pokemon? I feel like they're all special edition at this point. That's because they're all special. Okay. Now, uh, Matt, it's uh, not necessarily a current Red Wing coach or a current Red Wing player. It's vaguely Red Wing oriented. Are you ready? Am I, I'm not, am I guessing who... You're going to guess who said it. Here we okay. go. So this is very different from who's the quote about. I have to figure out who's talking. Who who made the sound. That's right. Okay. Here we go. 
Oh my god. <laughs> That's right. Matt, I think you know who this is. Can you get back on the winning side here? Well, you had me listen. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> should I pretend like I don't already know, or should I sell it? Like... Back, I think oh. if you want to get back on the winning side, Matt, you gotta do it. I mean, I don't know his name is the problem. Right? Matt, come on! You gotta, you gotta, you got you, you host the Discussion 5. Come on, Matt, you got uh, The Grand Rapids Griffins, uh, commentary. That's right! Matt <laughs> is back in the winning chair. Matt, what was he laughing about? Uh, more insider, laid out a guy, and he got a penalty for it, but, uh, yeah, yeah he was he having did. a good old giggly time about it. It was pretty fun to watch. <laughs> Yeah, it was a check of a lifetime. Uh, well, maybe not lifetime. It was it was pretty damn good though. Um, it had uh, the the Grand Rapids Grand Rapids the Grand Rapids <laughs> Beer City announced team having a good giggle fest uh, because it was just another example of why it's it's probably more fun at this point to tune into a, a Griffins game and watch the Red Wings future blossom. Um, we got a little scrap there on Mo Cider and. Cider was, uh, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. He's about uh, seven and a half feet tall. He looks like a Sasquatch uh, with the cameras they use in Grand Rapids, and he was not happy. You don't tug on Sasquatch's fur and then not expect to get some punishment back. Um, and he absolutely delivered in an open ice hit. Uh, basically committed manslaughter in a minor league hockey game, um, and he got uh, two minute penalty for it, so it was it was totally worth it. And Matt, another glowing example of why Iserman needs to cash in all these. I told you so. <laughs> this looks like one of the great draft picks, maybe that he's done because he is a minor league superhero at this point. I am so excited for when he gets called up at the end of this year. Yeah, I think uh, I th- uh, that'll be the next big thing is uh, will we get to see Cider, you know, in the last 10 games. Uh, I think we're all going to have our fingers crossed on that. But Oh, real quick, before we go. Uh, the reason we did that silly sound is uh, the people who are professionally paid to comment on the minor league hockey games, uh, the play-by-play man said, uh, there's an open hit by Cider. Oh! And then the color commentary just said, <laughs> Because <laughs> he didn't really have words for what had just transpired on the ice. So it was it was a beautiful sound. Matt guessed it. I only said him the clip 200 times. Uh, but, yeah, definitely worth a 30-second view this week. Absolutely. At least somebody's having fun watching, like, some sort of Red Wings <laughs> hockey. Yeah. All right. Uh, everybody, thank you for tuning in. I hope you had fun with, like, our, our first time where this podcast has been coordinated uh with these monday thursday releases and we are actually able to do a post game for one of these games but uh i i had a lot of fun uh and we'll come at you with some more stats uh coming uh uh, going forward with uh mixed narrative i I like that expected goals number it's kind of it's kind of fun to go on uh we've been doing a lot of possession and coursey but i I, let's let's mix in some expected goals all right thanks for tuning in everybody bye
Hi everybody, this is Matt Clink of the Brothers of Discussion, reminding you that you can find the Brothers of Discussion at BODpodcast.com, BrothersofDiscussion.com, find us on Twitter at BODpodcast, and of course we are bringing you content every Thursday, if not during every Monday Night Raw, every NXT show, every AEW Dynamite, every SmackDown, every pay-per-view, every major show happening in the United States, the Brothers of Discussion are covering it, so if you you want good wrestling coverage come to the brothers of discussion thanks everybody